Live from Studio Sumter on Liberty Street in beautiful downtown Sumter, this is News Without Ink, a part of the Item Podcast Network presented by SKF. I'm Scott Sewell, Assistant Sports Editor here at the Sumter Item, and I'm joined by Kayla Robbins, Executive Editor. And we're excited to bring you the first episode of our new podcast aimed to get you caught up on the week that was in Sumter, Clarendon, and Lee County News and get you ready for the upcoming week. News Without Ink and all of the podcasts here on the Item Podcast Network are brought to you by SKF Sumter. SKF Sumter is a global, world-class employer providing a clean, conditioned environment, platinum benefits, and opportunities for everyone to grow. SKF proudly manufactures bearings to serve the medical, defense, and robotic industry. SKF, the world of reliable rotation. To apply today, go to skf.com. Kayla, I'd ask you how you're doing, but after your undefeated 6-0 Florida Gators beat Auburn on Saturday, I'd say you're doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, that, was, that was an exciting end to that day. So. so so, how do you watch a Florida Gators game? Like, do you get, do you put the face paint on? Is it how I imagine you with with a gator on your cheeks and you're just like going going crazy at home? I have been known to put face paint on. I was, <laughs> I was at home watching it alone. So um, that would be pretty embarrassing if I were to <laughs> paint my face like that. But um, in, in the past, I have. Um, no, just, you know, a lot of yelling and, you know, go get them, the, the standard annoying <laughs> stuff. Well, congrats on that win. My uh, my teams are never that successful to be uh, seventh ranked in the country and to beat Auburn. So okay. I'm jealous. <laughs> so uh, it's October. And on the drive in, it actually felt like October for the first time. After last week being 95 degrees everywhere out on the football fields and everything it was terrible. This week I'm driving in and it's overcast. And I actually I love overcast. It's my favorite type of weather. I like it when it's I, it makes me want to like curl up and read a Stephen King book. <laughs> and so I was really enjoying that on the way. And it actually felt like October felt like Halloween. And as I was leaving on Friday, reminded me, uh, Mel, our great graphic designer, was talking about, uh, who puts our pages together, was uh, talking about the spread she was putting together for Halloween. Our, uh, our new writer, Shelby, uh, wrote a great little piece on some of the different things happening here in uh, Sumter for Halloween. And uh, I thought the, the layout they did was really neat. And I was looking through some of the events and they, they seemed interesting. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the events. One that stuck out to me, for instance, was the Legends, Lore and Haunts Tour at the Sumter County Museum. That one seemed really interesting. Yeah. And that, that uh, front page was pretty creepy looking. Wasn't yeah. it? I liked it. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the Legends, Lore and Haunts Tour is going to be an exciting thing. It's at the museum. Um, you're basically going to be able to travel through some of the the shadowy pasts of Sumter and um, get some some tour guides by the dearly departed tours are going to be leading it. The tickets are going to be $8 for members of the museum, but if you're not a member, that's okay. Um, you just have to pay two extra dollars. And it's going to start on the 25th, which is in two Fridays, so you got a little time to plan, next uh, two Fridays and Saturday from now. And then also, if you need something to do <laughs> on Halloween, they're going to be doing it at 9 o'clock then as well. Um, you can go to their website to get information on that. Some of the other cool ones I think that, that we highlighted, uh, the Terror Trail is one of the more uh, famous Halloween happenings in Sumter, it's out by uh, the Ponda Second Mill, and it's starting actually this Friday for the for the first time it's coming back this year. So you get to walk through the woods, and I have heard that there is only one crazy man with a chainsaw this year. <laughs> so that was too scary last year if you need to kind of ease down on that. 
Um, I think that they they eased off. On they had, so they had too one. many chainsaw men. Too many, huh? but there is one. So don't don't expect it to you know to just be a, a calm walk in the woods. <laughs> That's funny. So for for me growing up. Halloween was always like uh, I, the neighborhood I, I lived in never had the good candy, so we always we always went to a different uh, different neighborhood. What are the any, any idea here in Sumter what people do on Halloween? Where they go there? Where they go trick or treating and and get the good stuff? Yeah, um, in in recent years it has kind of shifted away from you know walking around your actual neighborhood and going door to door. Um, there, there's a couple of trunk or treats that happen on okay. Halloween. So I think that that's, you know, what the, what the community kind of tries to, to focus around. There is one happening at the Sumter County Museum as well on Halloween night. Um, it's from six to seven 30 trick or treating in the back country. So you can go there and enjoy trick or treating. It's, you know, kind of a, a safer, more cohesive space for families to go. So, so you can yeah. go to Sumter County Museum from six to seven thirty, and then at nine o'clock they'll also have that Legends, Lore, and Haunt story. That so, is, yes. So, yeah. I did not connect those two timelines, yeah. but but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always it's always hit and miss to me these the different cities and the way they do things. I've lived in a few different cities, and uh, in for instance, uh, I live in Hartsville right now. Uh, the block we first moved to. Uh, we, we went out, we got all the candy. We, we were living in New York and nobody does anything for Halloween there. Nobody comes to your door for that because it's all apartment buildings and stuff. But we were prepared. We, we got a bunch of candy, hundreds of pieces of candy. We were ready to go. And I think we had two trick-or-treaters the right. entire night. So then we moved a few blocks over to this, this uh, section in Hartsville called Richardson Circle. And we got the same amount of candy. And then 600 kids, literally 600 <laughs> kids came around the circle. And I had to go like... I guess you didn't have enough candy. <laughs> we did not have enough candy. I had to go out and get more candy. So it's funny that you get these little pockets in different cities that uh, that just do it up big and everybody decorates. And is is there an area uh, of Sumter that uh, where you have the big decorations or anything? Have you seen anything like that? Um, USC Sumter usually puts on some type of you know again a trunk or treat type of thing where people can come out and they decorate things. Um, there are there you know there's a couple place houses that do something really cool, but. Um, you know, I honestly haven't seen it. It's not like it's it's one big neighborhood that's mm-hmm. really known neighbor as a neighborhood as a whole. Um, maybe nope. because it is going more towards this trunk or treat idea. But something else that is actually happening on Halloween, if you don't want to do, you know, the, the standard trick-or-treating through neighborhoods or trunk or treat, is Keishi Dojo is a martial arts gym here in Sumter. And on uh, October 30th and, October, and on October 31st, they're doing a blacklight martial arts class which sounds pretty cool um i would definitely not be able to see and fall down or you know kick myself in the face or something but for people who are a little more coordinated that sounds pretty cool and you can wear a costume while you do that so Awesome. I, I love this. I love Halloween season. I like the, again, I love the, uh, the, the weather, uh, mm-hmm. for Halloween. I love, uh, I love horror movies. I watched it yesterday. Uh, my wife is out of town and she won't let me watch scary movies. So while she was gone, I took advantage of it and I watched a ma, which was absolutely terrifying. If you don't like scary movies, don't watch it. But, uh, I enjoyed it at least. <laughs> so when you, so when you're home alone, you want, you binge on your scary movies, right? So the, exactly. If, if I'm home alone, I kind of go the opposite way. And I, I think I watched Hocus Pocus one and a half <laughs> times last night. I had the chance to, I had to get it all in. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's, I'm sure just one and a half of the many times it'll be watched over the next few I'm weeks. Sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So moving on also this weekend, we had the East Team festival. I was driving in to cover the, um, the volleyball tournament over at Wilson hall, which was a lot of fun. And there were people all over downtown, uh, 
Sumter. Didn't expect to see so many uh, cars and kids and parents and everything out. Looked like there was a good turnout for that. And so many kids. It was it was awesome. I was there the whole time. Um, we actually had a booth out there, and and I was you know out there covering it. But this it's, it was in the second year only, and I mean there there had to have been thousands of people out there, mm-hmm. and it was you know all families. It was all kids and their parents, and it was. Um, it was just a really great time. Everyone seemed really happy and satisfied with the results. I mean, kids were, you know, smiling all over the place and they were, they got to hold slime and they got to do science experiments and do, you know, art projects. I know there were kids running around with their hands painted so, uh, so that they could paint a piano at the Central uh-huh. County Museum. And so E-STEAM is basically just a, um, it's a community-wide efforts from the schools from businesses and industries, everyone kind of came together and it was coordinated by Center Economic Development and the link. And the reasoning behind them putting this all together was to kind of get kids interested in STEAM activities. So STEAM is STEM, which is, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. They add the A to it to add in arts to kind of bring everything together, saying, you know, that everything is, is all incorporated and you need to have knowledge in everything in order to be a successful adult and the, the A is also more geared towards the soft skills. So mm-hmm. it was just a very hands-on, um, family-friendly festival. And the, I think there were about 70 vendors out there. Wow. Plus food and um, all these bounce houses and entertainment and, uh, you know, pretty much everyone in the community was out there. So it was really cool to see. We actually had a, we had a booth out there, but we did not last year. So this is our first effort at this, but we put our teleprompter out there and as if kids were going to film Sumter today and they got to sit there and um, I'm very proud of myself. I wrote a very entertaining script <laughs> about, about aliens invading Sumter and they got to read that off the teleprompter. And then the other script, which was actually harder for kids to get through, was about the mysterious case of the stinky bathrooms throughout the Sumter School District. So there was, a, it was the worst smell that anyone had ever had ever experienced. So kids got to sit on the teleprompter, be the star of the show for a couple minutes, and parents loved it. So we have some videos and photos of that up on our Facebook page, and we'll have photos um, from the whole festival and coverage on Sumter Today this week in the paper. I saw some of those videos on Instagram stories, and I said, uh, Kayla, better watch yourself. I, I think know. we're going to have a replacement. Some of those kids were pretty good. I know. Hey, we need a substitute. I'm getting married next week. So <laughs> that's, that's if, right. if any of them want to come in and film while I'm gone, you know. We're going to have to look into that. Yeah. That would be adorable. Yeah. We, should, <laughs> we should look into that. Uh, yeah, so so that looked great. Uh, next on the on the list, we have the um, we have new voting machines coming. Um, and I believe in Maysville is the first place that's going to test that out. I saw in the story that was written uh, by you that uh, the the mayor there was tested it out and they did a choice of either vinegar or mustard-based barbecue sauce. However, I did not. Do we know what she chose? <laughs> well, since, since it wasn't quite as secure as a regular election, she did she did kind of, you know, talk about what she was doing while she was doing it. And I think, man, I should have written it down, but I'm pretty sure she chose vinegar-based. Okay. All right. So I don't know if that's controversial. Please don't let that sway your vote. That's I don't want that to rig an election on if you're going to vote for her or not. But um, yeah, so it they, can around here too. That, That's, I know, especially if she, yeah, especially if it's the wrong one. Base, yeah. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so the it's these new voting machines called Express Vote Machines, and they actually have them now because absentee voting for this Maysville election where they're voting for mayor and two town council seats. Um, absentee voting open on Friday, so if you live in the city or I guess in the, the township itself of Maysville, you can vote at the old Sumter County Courthouse now, uh, Monday through Friday. And 
it's moving it's moving from one machine to two machines. So I think, you know, when you first look at it, it might seem more confusing and more hectic, but uh, they demonstrated a few times for us. I was out there on Friday. They showed, you know, they went through, and that's why they did the the sample ballots to kind of show us how it works. And it is two machines, but you start off with a blank ballot card, just a, you know, a regular piece of paper, and you stick it in the first machine, and that pulls up your options. Mm. And then you go through the touchscreen as if it were the old, regular old machines. You know, you still vote on the touchscreen as, as we have been, I think, since 2004. And once you're done with your voting, it spits out your voting card or your ballot card. And it has, you know, kind of, it's kind of like a receipt. It actually prints out what you're voting. So you look at it. So it's paper-based, which is the reason why they, they moved to the system so that instead of just a computer, it actually spits you out a paper receipt so that can be audited. And it's kind of, a, you know, an additional check, check and balance. And you take that card and you stick it into a second machine, which is a scanner and, you know, a secured lock ballot box. So it seems like it, it, you know, it seemed pretty easy. The machines are really new. They were having some some problems in past years because the machines are so old that they were freezing and malfunctioning and, you know, that kind of questions if your vote really gets counted. But this seems pretty foolproof and everyone who works there seems like they, you know, they're pretty well trained. So I think that it'll, it should work, you know, if, uh, if you have questions when you go to vote in November, if you live in Maysville or, you know, for any future election, um, you know, just ask questions. Don't, I think that was the big thing is to make sure that you ask and, and don't just guess so that you, you make sure your vote is counted. But it, it seems like a pretty cool thing. It's, it's interesting. I bet in, in 2004, you can dig up an old item somewhere where there was somebody touting these new machines and the fact that they were paperless. <laughs> and right. now we're now we're 15 years later and we're saying they're not paperless. And, 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 and but I get it. it I, I'm sure that that's a, it's a it's a big um it's a big benefit to actually have the, the paper copy when you've got to go back and do recounts um, and such. I'm sure it makes life a lot easier. Right. But you also don't want to have to count. Right. It's nice to have the mix yeah. of both, you know, something you can hold and count and make sure that it's right, but also using that technology to make the process go faster. And when it, it's what November? What, November fifth. November fifth is when. It, all right, is. all right, coming up. Sheesh. <laughs> all right. So the next story that kind of uh, caught our eye this week was of William McNair. Uh, McNair turned a hundred years old on Wednesday the second, I believe was the date. Um, he's lived in, in Clarendon County since 1947. I thought one thing was interesting. He said he graduated from Clemson in 41 with with a big class of 340. That doesn't even begin I to know, cover right, the but... the. Uh, that's that's the size yeah, of a. Uh, Coker University class. Amazing, yeah. 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 And he, uh, he loved, he bragged about going to Clemson. I, uh, Shelby actually, our, like you said earlier, our new reporter spent a lot of time with him and, and worked hard on this story. She did a, you saw the paper, there's a big timeline of his whole career pretty much. And, you know, almost down to the day on when he was over in Europe fighting. Um, but yeah, he, he loved graduating from Clemson. He, she said that he bragged about it a lot. It's all over his mailbox. <laughs> so he earned it. Um, he turned 100 years old on October 2nd, and, you know, among among his many things, he, he, he seems like he is a very humble person. You know, he kept saying, I'm no hero, I just survived, which, you know, go, he, he was wounded on Christmas Eve in the Battle of the Bulge, so it's impre- just surviving is, is more than a lot of people can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, you know, he says he's no hero, he got a Purple Heart, so, you know, he's clearly very humble, but he... Uh, I think something else that was interesting about him was that he's never been in an airplane. Huh. He got all over there and got back 
um, just via sailing wow. and driving and trains. So really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he, he's a uh, uh, Purple Heart recipient. And as I'm driving into Sumter, I often see that uh, Sumter is a Purple Heart city. And I wonder how many there could be in this city. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible to know, but it is really interesting to see the story, to read the in-depth, him talking about all of the details and everything. I thought uh, that I thought it was a really great piece by Shelby. And I just love that we highlighted somebody that, you know, from that, you see that sign every day, but to actually see, hear the story behind one of those people, I thought was really interesting. And especially right now, I mean, he, you know, he he's very cognizant still. Um, he's very aware of himself mm. and he's in, you know, pretty good health. I, I think he walks with a cane, but that considering when he got injured, they told him that he'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. You know, he's doing um, probably better than a lot of people who are half of his age <laughs> and he's 100. So I think it's really important, you know, right now, while we still have, especially these World War II veterans still with us and able to tell their story, that we do record them and that we do listen to them and, and learn from them because, you know, that they've they've given us so much in their lives. And like he said, he graduated from Clemson and then pretty much his entire class was drafted. So that's something that I think we just need to continue listening to them and, and appreciating them and thanking them for their service. And they have some pretty cool stories to tell. Awesome. Great job by Shelby. Really interesting story. Uh, moving on. So uh, another big thing from last week was the Sumter Fair. Every time I go out to uh, to one of the sporting events, I'd see people, you know, piling into the to the fair, the big lights of the wheel of the Ferris wheel and everything like that. Um, but apparently, according to our article, it sounds like attendance decreased a bit. What was that about? It, it did. Um, you know, by only about four thousand, about twenty five thousand went last year, and the final recording was about twenty one thousand this year, and. Unfortunately, it was attributed to some recent upticks in um, shootings and homicides that have been happening. It's kind of been um, a pretty big focal point here in the past, I guess, since July, really. Um, People just seemed, you know, maybe they were a little concerned about safety. They increased security at the fair. Nothing happened. You know, there were no issues at the fair Mm -hmm, at all. mm -hmm. So everything there was very safe. Um, You know, but sometimes people can't help but worry. But, um, you know, the people who went out there had a great time. There was, you know, like you said, lights and food. And it seemed like it, you know, it still seemed like it was packed every night. So there was a little decrease. And, you know, unfortunately for the people who who spend their time going out there and setting up and everything, um, that affected them. But luckily, people still did show up. So and I think that uh, the fair managers have thanked the Sumter Police Department and the Sumter County Sheriff's Office, really the Sheriff's Office is the one, they're the ones that um, are in charge of security for the fair. They uh, increased security, you know, made sure nothing happened. So they worked really well together, it seems like. I, th- I think I was reading through the article and I and I, I get what he's saying. I definitely can see why he's attributing it there. I also, it was hot. It was really hot last week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe, I mean, it was in the mid 90s, upper 90s. And I think maybe that contributed to it as well. Yeah, but, you know, there could be a number of things. There's, yeah, also yeah. So, there's also so many more events just happening yeah, in summer yeah. now. You know, every year new events are added. And I think it used to be, you know, that the fair was like the big thing. Mm-hmm, every year mm-hmm. people, you know, families saved up their money all year. And that was, you know, their family vacation pretty much. And, you know, especially in the fall, like there's there's just so much going on, which is a good thing for Sumter. But I think that maybe people have more to choose from. Yeah. So. 
you know, kind of double-edged sword there. Micah, our great photographer, got some awesome images from from this. I saw he posted mm-hmm. those on Instagram. I believe we did a Sumter Today on a family from we there did, as yes, well. On, on the circuits that uh-huh. went there. Um, it's a, yeah, they, they were really cool. A family of uh, three little girls who just are, they just fly right up in the air. We, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we do have, we have photos, you know, we ran photos in the paper and um, check us out on, on Facebook, on Instagram. And yeah, we did do a Sumter Today, so you can find that there. Very cool. And then finally, so the last piece of news uh, happened over this weekend. A really sad story. It sounds like um, sounds like there was a hit and run this weekend. Yeah, we don't know much about it yet, and, and, and it is very unfortunate. Um, a 36-year-old Pinewood man, James Antonio Gooden, was found on Cape McBoykin Road out in Rembert on Saturday morning. Um, it appears that it was a hit and run. They don't they're investigating. So the Highway Patrol and the Sheriff's Office are both investigating. Um, his family's been notified, but yes, you ne- we never want to have to write about that. And it's an unfortunate situation, but I guess, if, you know, if anyone, they are still looking for it and investigating. So if anyone has any information, so you definitely call the Sheriff's Office and help them out. No, there weren't any details about the car, right? They didn't have anything no. from it. Yeah, yet. I think okay. they, yeah. I mean, again, you know, we kind of have just have preliminary information, mm-hmm. but... Um, it was, they just found him. So I don't think that they, they, there were no witnesses as of now. So. Yeah. Tragic, terrible story. Hate yeah. to, hate to hear that kind of thing. Never um, about that yeah. Especially as, as someone who I, I, I run a lot, uh, in the mornings and, uh, it's always, it's always dangerous out there. I've had a, a couple of close calls myself. Um, and, and anytime I hear a story like this, where someone's found in the early morning, a lot of, I, I immediately go to somebody biking to work or someone out for a jog or something like that. Um, hard to tell what the situation was there, but I'm sure we'll learn more. Yeah. Uh, all right, looking ahead to this week, uh, Kayla, what are some of the uh, the events we have coming up here in Sumter, Clarendon, and Lee County? Yeah, there's some cool things happening this week. This, uh, this week, October 8th through the 12th, is our annual Fall for the Arts, which is a really cool kind of series of events just promoting the arts and different types of arts. Um, you know, just to the, the point of it is to bring a diverse cultural experience to Sumter, you know, so it's not just one thing, it's not just you know, singing, it's not just theater, it's not just, you know, it's, it's a bunch of different things, and it's all kind of put together by the Central County Cultural Commission. Um, we have a schedule up on our website, but it does, it starts on Tuesday with an art exhibit at Patriot Hall that is going to be followed by the Central County Community Band Jazz Ensemble, so you kind of have a couple different things going on there. You can hear an artist talk, and then after the reception, you get a jazz concert, which is, sounds pretty interesting that's awesome yeah um on wednesday there's an open mic night at sidewalk sidewalk cafe so if you're interested to either go there and watch or you can take part um local musicians poets singers anything anything you want to do they're all going to be performing at sidewalk cafe at seven o'clock on wednesday night and that event is free to the public and like most of these the events are mostly free and then the restaurants that they're going to be hosted at will be open so you can purchase food and drinks, but you can also just go sit there if you want. Um, on Thursday is Salsa Night at La Piazza in downtown Sumter. So um, I am not prolific at salsa dancing <laughs> at all, so I might need some lessons in it, or I can just go and embarrass myself. Um, but you can go dance there. Uh, there's going to be an instructor teaching salsa for the first hour, and then the second hour just kind of a you know free-for-all. Um, just have fun with it. And again, that event is free to go, and then Hamptons will be open for 
uh, food and beverages to purchase. So you, you won't be doing the salsa at your wedding, is what you're saying? Um, as far as I know, <laughs> no. Okay. Unless, <laughs> unless Mike could throw something Yeah, in. <laughs> unless something is given to me as a surprise, but um, that would not be ideal for, you know, nice pictures. Yeah. That would probably end up on the ground. <laughs> um, so on Friday is a Music Under the Stars of J.O. Grady's. This is all still downtown, which is kind of cool, you know, just continuing to show people what downtown Sumter is. Um, this one's at J.O. Grady's. You just bring a lawn chair, sit outside, and and listen to music. Um, that starts at 8 o'clock. Again, it's free, and J.O. Grady's will be open. And then on Saturday is the final night. This one is actually a ticketed event, but this one sounds really cool. Night of the Symphony. It's going to be at Patriot Hall starting at 7 p.m. Um, Orchestra Noir is an Atlanta-based group of musicians, and they combine things like performing Beethoven with Bruno Mars. Oh, wow. And it's it's dancing and performance-based, and it should be really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's a way to, to bring in, you know, kind of a younger generation, mm-hmm. you know, high schoolers, younger people to enjoy performing arts. Um, they combine a lot of cool different sounds. So that that is a ticketed event. It's going to be $10 in advance, 15 at the door, and doors open at 6.30, but uh, it seems like it was well worth it, so... I'm excited for that one. Very cool. All right. Anything else uh, on the docket for next week? Uh, no, I think, you know, it's only Monday, so we'll see what, <laughs> we'll what happens. We'll find out what happens. Yeah. All right. That's it for the first episode of News Without Ink. Thanks so much to Kayla Robbins, executive editor here at The Item, getting us caught up on all the news from last week and getting us ready for this week. Uh, news Without Ink and all of the podcasts here on The Item Podcast Network are, of course, brought to you by SKF Sumter who actually sponsored E-Steam this year. So we talked to them, look at uh, look at our episode of Sunday today. Yes, big thanks to SKF sponsoring this, uh, this, this work we're doing with all the podcasts, the network, and everything that we're rolling out. Couldn't be more grateful uh, to them. Uh, don't forget, SKF Sumter is a global, world-class employer providing a clean, conditioned environment, platinum benefits, and opportunities for everyone to grow. SKF proudly manufactures bearings to serve the medical, defense, and robotic industries. SKF, the world of reliable rotation. To apply today, go to skf.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.